electricity, a big idea that's inspired countless new ones. From powering the light bulb to virtually powering our entire lives. 30 years ago, State Street launched the Spider S&P 500 ETF, SPY. A big idea that inspired the world to invest differently. And still does. What can you do with SPY? Before investing, consider the funds, investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit SSGA.com for a prospectus containing this and other information. Read it carefully before investing. SPY is subject to risks similar to those of stocks. All ETFs are subject to risk, including possible loss of principal. Alps Distributors, Inc. Distributor. Bring in show music, please. This is Squawk Pod from CNBC. I'm producer Cameron Costa, and today we're bringing you the highlights from a very exciting interview. If somebody's going to try to blackmail me with advertising, blackmail me with money, go yourself. Tesla chief and ex-owner Elon Musk taking the stage alongside our Andrew Ross Sorkin. They spoke at the New York Times Dealbook Summit, covering everything from advertising to OpenAI. I named it uh, OpenAI after open source. It is, in fact, closed source. Super clo- it should be, it should be na- renamed Super Closed Source for Maximum Profit AI. Digesting the biggest sound bites of a marathon day. It was, it, it was something to behold. Uh, enthralling, mesmerizing, illuminating. Plus, on our Squawk Box set at the NASDAQ, former House Speaker Paul Ryan on the race for the White House. I'm not saying I'm a, you know, all for Nikki Haley. I'm for beating Donald Trump. I'm for any Republican who can beat Donald Trump. But I think if you had to pick a growth stock, I think Nikki is the growth stock. It's Thursday, November 30th, 2023, and Squawk Pod begins right now. Stand Becky by in three, two, one. Cue please. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to Squawk Box right here on CNBC. We are live from the NASDAQ market site in Times Square. I'm Becky Quick, along with Joe Kernan and Andrew Ross Sorkin, who is back from the DealBook conference, and this was a tour de force. Andrew, congratulations. It was a crazy day. Thank you. <laughs> what does the aura <laughs> ring say? I mean, oh, my God. They was your mind me. mush at, by the end of that? It, 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 my, mind was, my mind is mush right now. It, it, it's it's yes. got to be. Uh, did you yeah, look I at the aura? I have not checked the aura today. Well, you I probably did not slept sleep. last no. night. I will I say I didn't sleep. You didn't sleep because did you're too amped up. Yeah, and I was I was just trying to process. I mean, we'll talk about some you of the never, news. I but, can't process it all. But you, but you can't process it. one interview, uh, much less. Uh, but try and just sort of think through to get your feelings about what you what you just saw. But it was it, it was something to behold. Andrew Ross Sorkin wrapped up the annual New York Times Dealbook Summit yesterday. It was truly, as he said, something to behold. The most influential people in the world took the stage next to Andrew for interviews that each took a surprising turn, like the sit-down with Elon Musk. My mind is often feels like a like a like a very wild storm. I mean, I have I have a fountain of ideas. I mean, I have more ideas than I could possibly execute. So I have no shortage of ideas. Innovation is not the, not the problem. Execution is the problem. I've got a million ideas. I mean, I've got a, an entire design for an electric supersonic vertical takeoff jet. But I I mean, I just if I I just can't do that as well. I've had that for ten years. I mean, there's a million things. Um, is your storm a happy storm? No, it's not a happy storm. No. Tell us about that because I I think that that actually. When people try to really understand you, I think that there's a lot of this comes from some other place. And I, w- I want to talk about that. What do you think that is? <laughs> we should really need like a psychiatrist couch here or something. 
Ex-owner and Tesla CEO Elon Musk opened up about his mental health, as you just heard, about advertising, about his original vision for OpenAI, which he founded years ago, and so much more. Disney CEO Bob Iger spoke too, and the president of Taiwan, and Grey's Anatomy and Bridgerton creator Shonda Rhimes, and Vice President Kamala Harris, and J.P. Morgan CEO Jamie Dimon, and so many more. The interview making the most waves right now is almost certainly that Elon Musk interview. Clocking in at around an hour and a half, give or take, it was wide-ranging. But the clip that's gone the most viral, his message to advertisers, some of whom were in the room. I hope they stop. You hope? Uh, Don't advertise. You don't want them to advertise? No. What do you mean? If if somebody's going to try to blackmail me with advertising, blackmail me with money, go yourself. But go yourself. Is that clear? I hope it is. Hey, Bob, if you're in the audience. Well, well, let me ask you then. That's how I feel. Don't Uh, advertise. That was a reference uh, to Bob Iger, CEO of Disney, who had been with us at DealBook earlier in the day. Uh, They had pulled their advertising from X uh, over the comments uh, that uh, Elon had made on Twitter uh, a week and a half ago uh, that have raised all sorts of questions and concerns uh, throughout the the country and the world about anti-Semitism and and the like. I want to show you this next piece, though, because I think this is important, and a lot of pieces are, are getting uh, overshadowed by this first Iger, piece. Uh, he wasn't there at that point. Bob, right? I don't believe, I think uh, he was there left. at that point. I think he, I think he I left. I guess he, he's seen it. I imagine he's seen <laughs> he it. Might I have think heard he, of, he heard was there when the, when the vice president was there, and he, I think he was sticking around a little bit after that. There was then, I believe, a board meeting, because there was also some Disney news later in the day, which I'm sure we'll also get he to He stuck today. around for the vice president, but not um, Elon. We had a board um, meeting. There was a, there was a board meeting. Uh, Musk also responding to criticism uh, over uh, that tweet uh, that created this firestorm. Uh, and this is what he had to say. Take a look. I'm sorry for that, that, that tweet or post. It was foolish of me. Of the 30,000, it might be literally the worst and dumbest tweet, post that I've ever done. And I tried my best to clarify uh, six ways to Sunday. But, uh, you know, at least uh, I think over time it will be obvious that, in fact, far from being anti-Semitic, I'm in fact philo-Semitic. And my, all the evidence uh, in my track record uh, would support that. I encourage people to watch the rest of the interview, on, uh, just even on that topic, because he, this was the first time he publicly apologized about it. And, and more importantly, and it was interesting to me, and a surprise, I think it was, it was a surprise to me, I think it was a surprise to probably most of the public, you know, we had seen him go take this trip to Israel, and I think it, it was viewed in large part as an apology tour of some sort uh, in the midst of this tweet and that the, they were connected. He said no. He said that was not what was had happened. Scared. He said he that he was already going. planning uh, to go there. And I think a lot of people saw that he had had that other tweet when he went to Israel that said, uh, you know, actions, actions speak louder than the words, and that that was his apology. Yeah. Um, he had not said that he apologized or had said he felt bad about that tweet at all. I'd never really emoted about that tweet publicly in any way. And, and if you really get into that sort of piece of that interview... It, it, seems, it seemed very sincere. I think it was very yeah. genuine. But then he explained I think it was very, what he, very genuine. He and explained then he, and what I, is I, Right, yeah. I said, what did you mean by that? And he explained and, it. And he explained he, it. He didn't and, really walk back from... Yep. I, that, I mean, that, when you talk about seeing the many sides of Elon Musk, that, that's the example of it. He was very thoughtful, apologetic, never meant to do that, and said it was stupid. Right. I, I, I mean, I, I genuinely believed what he was saying. I don't, when he, oh, said, I when he re- posted it, I don't think he was 
in any way referencing or, or lending credence to that, whatever that crazy conspiracy theory that, that actually, I guess, is around because it, it was responsible for, for one of the synagogue uh, attacks right. at the synagogue was, was a, an accolade of, of that conspiracy theory. But I don't think Musk at that point Look, I think he thinks, I think he knows it was a mistake because we, we talked about he, not just yeah. the condemnation, yeah. you know, from the White House and everywhere else, but what we also talked about was, you know, I'm Jewish. There were a lot of people who looked at that tweet originally yeah. and what thought, what, what, what are you what doing? Why are you saying this? But the other, the other side, which, which, which is what I, what I said to him directly, I said, which is worse, I said, there are genuine anti-Semites that who, loved lo it. who yeah. looked at that tweet and said, he's with he's us. He's with us, right. And I think he appreciates, I mean, I think... I think he under in that moment, if, if it wasn't before that moment, I think it was probably even before that moment that he understood that. But the an, but the animus, I don't think he cares about the White House criticism. The animus with the Biden White House because of not being invited to, to any of the that that was right. so clear how well we should still we'll, hopefully we'll show some some of that tape too because yeah. you can really, I mean he's, he's pissed. At you know, I was, I was talking to somebody after the interview. You know, in Us magazine, there are these little pages that says they're just like us. Yeah. Um, and you could say, oh, is Elon Musk just like us? And people look at all sorts of people with, with lots of money, with lots of success, and with a great title on a business card. They'll be mad, Hart Harbor no, And the truth is that everybody is uh, a person yeah. and they have feelings. Did and you? I know that's, I, 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 I don't know if I'm, I'm, I hope I'm not coming across as too empathetic to, to, to that piece of it, but I think it's good. Here's, here's what I don't understand. I, I understand his animus towards Bill Gates for shorting his stock because right. that really was a move to try and shut the company down. I don't feel, I don't quite understand the same animus towards advertisers who decide to no longer advertise on X because they yes. don't like what's there and they don't want their brand associated and they don't, with that. Right. Right. It's not their job to pay for somebody's free speech. If I feel like my brand is not being helped by the money I'm spending right. here, and that's, I'm not look, going to spend my that's, money. I mean, I, I hope that people How get about, an opportunity to see like the black full interview because what I said to him was it's not in the, you know, he said, he said very directly, he said, the people are going to see it. And they're going to say this is the takedown and of the they're, they're gonna, And they're going to blame those companies. And I said, Elon, it may very well be that they blame you. Because those companies are going to say, I don't want to be in an environment where but I feel uncomfortable that something like this is going to happen. Why would I spend money if I think it's going to hurt my brand right. by being associated but, but, with, this, with stuff that may be winding up on, but on back, this thing? Just for a second, back to yep. where he said, we sold 300,000 cars, EVs last year, and GM sold right. 26. Do you remember that number? Yep. He came up with, with that. So he had that uh, ready to go to. And meanwhile... What's GM doing? GM's almost, all the, any extra profits right. they have from internal combustion trucks is now going to a right. buyback. It's not even going, they're not even, they're barely trying. Mary Barra was on with Phil yesterday, right. too. But, the, but Biden called him the back. GM, the leading yeah. right. company in the EV and transition. I, I mean, this goes, this goes back to the, the, the you know. Well, that I understand a, more, too. It's a, a he said he's not going to vote for Biden no matter what. Right. He did not say he's not voting. He, I, right. I don't think he would vote for Trump, but he didn't right. come out and just say it. He just said it's a very bad choice, and then right. everybody laughed in the audience and said, yeah, welcome to you know, 2024. Uh, let me show you a little bit more um, because we also talked about uh, OpenAI. Elon Musk, of course, is a co-founder of OpenAI, and I asked him about the recent saga at the company. This is what he had to say. OpenAI was actually started, and it was meant to be open source. Uh, I named it uh, OpenAI uh, after open source. Um, it is, in fact, closed source. Super clo it should be, it should be renamed Super Closed Source for Maximum Profit AI. Um, <laughs> 
<laughs> so, because this is what it actually is. It's gone from an open source foundation, a 501c3, to suddenly it's like a $90 billion for-profit corporation with closed source. So, I don't know how you go from here to there, but that seems like a, I don't know how you get, I don't know, if, is this legal? <laughs> I think Ilya actually has a strong moral compass. He thinks about, he, you know, he, he really sweats it over questions of what is right. Um, and if Ilya felt strongly enough to want to, you know, fire Sam, well, I think the world should know what was that reason. Have you talked to him? I've reached out, but he, he doesn't want to talk to anyone. Have you talked to other people behind the scenes? Is this all happening? I've talked to a lot of people. Nobody, I've not found anyone who knows why. Have, have you? I think we are all still trying to find out. I mean, look, one of two things is, is either it was a serious thing and we should know what it is, or it was not a serious thing and, and then the board should resign. That's just a piece of uh, a very lengthy interview that touches so many the other AI places. And then went to such, it almost, you know, like read science right. fiction about the singularity and things like right. that. And he said what was funny, he goes, when will be smarter than the smartest human? He goes, well, the smartest human, because it's already smarter than like almost every, like the average human's already smarter. But he said in less than three years, yeah. smarter than, right. the, and I think he was not necessarily talking about himself, but he was talking about like really brilliant. Right. I also thought a, a nugget that not a lot of people have picked up on yet. He effectively said, and we've talked about copyrighted material, IP, and how these uh, models train on, on material. You know, Sam, Sam Allman and others have said, we don't train on copyrighted material. And he said, that is an utter lie. He said, they've been training on copyrighted material the entire time. I thought that was fascinating. So what and does then, that mean for the, if they are now well, a profitable company? Well, and he also went on to, and then we also got into the fact that he has possibly a digital gold mine in Twitter because all of the content that lives on right. X today is his. And when he's training, he's training on that content. And unlike others who, where you had to go get the copyrighted well, he, things, and it would have been something you could do. That, that he's got it. They've uh, made, and people, we've we've all been putting that content there, including. What if, what if we're putting somebody else's copyrighted? Well, and this there? this this goes to the point. If you if, if you're I'm putting up one. information from CNBC or NBC, or you post an article from the Wall Street Journal, or the New York Times, or what right. have you, you're doing that on a sort of fair use basis. Uh, but you could effectively take, I mean, five, ten people could post. 10 different quotes from an article. Right, and it becomes the entire article. Becomes the entire article. AI much more dangerous than a nuclear holocaust. And yeah, one of the things that, might, yeah, right. Yeah. But one of, the one of the things he said was, this latest episode may have been that there is something that we don't know that right. they've, it reminded me of 2001, like that someone found the, the monolith or something. I mean, right. it, it, like they may have found That's the, the Death thing. Star. Yeah. Cheese will be next. To listen to the full interviews of the New York Times Dealbook Summit, go to youtube.com slash at New York Times events. Still to come on Squawk Pod, former House Speaker Paul Ryan. He is not holding back, calling for his Republican Party to step up this election cycle. What I don't want to do is blow another presidency. And I think Trump would blow a presidency for us. Not only that, well, he'll give us ticket drag. He'll cost us seats again, like he did in 20 and 22, and in 18. We'll be right back with that conversation. From pit lane to podium, the Las Vegas Grand Prix is providing fans a race day experience at the speed they deserve. With the help of T-Mobile for Business, our 5G advanced network solutions are powering race day operations with event-wide connectivity. 
From streamlined gate entry to an immersive app, giving fans blazing fast access to the sport they love. This is accelerating innovation. This is the Las Vegas Grand Prix with T-Mobile for Business. Take your business further at T-Mobile.com slash now. What's on the horizon for financial markets? At PGIM, it's a question that over 1,400 investment professionals relentlessly research in pursuit of your long-term goals. Specialized across asset classes, but united in collaboration, our teams provide global and local expertise. Our investments shape tomorrow, today. Pursue your tomorrow with PGIM, a leading global asset manager. You're listening to Squawk Pod. Good morning and welcome back to Squawk Box right here on CNBC. We're live at the NASDAQ market site in Times Square. I'm Andrew Ross Sorkin along with Becky Quick and Joe Kernan. Let's talk politics for a moment because uh, we are now just 46 days until the Iowa caucus, 340 days until the 2024 presidential election as the nomination fight heats up. Uh, Here's what former House Speaker Kevin McCarthy had to say about Donald Trump's chances of winning yesterday at the DealBook Summit. If his campaign is about renew, rebuild, and restore, he'll win. If it's about revenge, he'll lose. That's the only person that's going to determine not that is not his campaign ad, is him. And so the country is hungry, and they're open, and he has the window. Our next guest, who also served as House Speaker, has quite a different take on the former president's run to return to the White House. Joining us right now to talk about that and much more is Paul Ryan. He is now a partner at Solomir Capital and the vice chairman of Tenio. And Paul, welcome. It's great to see you here. Hey, thanks for having me. Good to be back. Nice with to you. see you. We have had a a slew of other candidates who have come through Squawk Box. Chris Christie this week, Nikki Haley recently, and others. Do any of them stand a chance at this point with challenging Donald Trump? Because when you look at what they're 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 down by 20 points, maybe more in any of the polls that you see. Yeah, I think the key. Do not discount the Americans for Prosperity endorsement of Nikki Haley two days ago. That's actually a really big deal. And the reason that that's a really big deal is you could say that Ron DeSantis's big advantage over Nikki Haley was his ground game in Iowa, which is impressive. America's Prosperity has an extremely impressive ground game. Uh, this is the Koch Network's um, ground game. They just gave that to Nikki Haley. So not only does that level her up in Iowa with Ron DeSantis, that gives her a ground game in all these other states. And the calendar plays to her advantage. So I'm not saying I'm a, you know, all for Nikki Haley. I'm for beating Donald Trump. I'm for any Republican who can beat Donald Trump. But I think if you had to pick a growth stock, I think Nikki's the growth stock. And the fact that she got this endorsement, I think, matters a lot. So the question is, since more than about half Republicans do not want Donald Trump to be our nominee, I'm among those half, can someone consolidate the sport in time to he's win? And the question, I think, right I think that, that's, that's possible. I think that's possible. Is he, it, he's got 66% in the polls, though, against the other candidates. He, he's... I'm not saying this is going to happen, but I think it's still plausible because things can still happen. She's got a lot of momentum. After Iowa, you could see a consolidation. We'll see what happens in Iowa, but you could see a consolidation. And if, and if one person can quickly consolidate the non-Trump field, I think because of these other atmospherics like AFP's endorsement and the rest, you could see you know, a plausible contention for the nomination. Here's the reason. In the, in the head-to-head polls, people do better against Joe Biden than Donald Trump does. I think the only person Biden can beat is Trump. And frankly, I think he does beat him because you know why? Democrats come home at the end of the day and Democrats will come home if they're motivated. And you know what motivates Democrats? Donald Trump. So I think Biden still ends up beating Trump at the end of the day. 
Um, but I do not think he can beat any of these other candidates. If, if Chris Christie, that. Ron DeSantis, and Nikki Haley are up against Donald, uh, Joe Biden, they win. Nikki beats Joe Biden by like 13 points in some polls. In Wisconsin, she's beating him by 10 points. That's an incredible But poll. here's a question. You're taking one poll on that side saying that Nikki Haley would, <clears throat> would, would beat him, uh, beat Biden, that is. Yes. But then you're saying you don't believe the polls... No, I do believe that actually Trump would beat Biden, too. I I do believe the polls that Donald Trump is way in the lead in the Republican primary. That is for sure the case. No, but in a swing state. Prohibitively. Almost at a national level. And then you also look. Well, that's that's what I'm. That's what's going on in my mind when he asks it. You got to state by state. Okay, but you can look at the five. What is it? Five of the six swing states. He was only down in Michigan. Right. So what do you think that those are wrong? I mean, that's. Yeah, I think I think I think Democrats come home if they're really motivated. And I think I think it's hard to motivate and not reflected in in the polls today because yeah i've been in politics a long time and through a lot of presidential cycles i ran for vice president right. in 2012 and in you, lots of churn happens you were up too what's that you, we were up too we were, we were beating at this time uh, mitt and i i wasn't even on the ticket then mitt was beating you know barack obama i've right. seen this movie before right. and i'm saying paul you, you, see, you saw Democrats. musk yesterday i mean i have a problem with that the first amendment stance nikki haley has on a non on, on yeah i don't agree with that either well you know, but and, I, I'm, and she's I also winning. She's almost like a neocon in certain respects. I don't want to see Joe Biden become the next president, and I don't want to see Donald Trump become the so next you can president. Swallow, I want to see a so conservative become the next Not president. everyone's perfect, but Nikki Haley exactly. is as close to. Yeah. Uh, look, I'm not DeSantis. I want just one. I'd be happy if if Christie or Ron, you know, DeSantis gets the nomination. Um, I think Nikki's in the pole position here. I think she's. I think she's getting a lot of momentum. I think it's, she's got a very strong candidacy, but I also think she's the most appealing general election candidate we've got. Well, right how, now. how soon do you need to see some consolidation around one of these candidates? It's a good question. I, I think that's a good question. I, I think basically around New Hampshire is when you have to see this consolidation come in fe- by February. You know, between between Iowa Before and South, South Carolina. Carolina or- well, I think you'll know by South Carolina. I think either Christie gets in, stays in, or gets out after New Hampshire. Same with DeSantis in Iowa. So I think the map makes the consolidation story you for see, it. You uh, see, Governor Christie was on the other day. His contention is that once Meadows flipped. Yeah. Yeah, I've heard him say that. He's convinced there will be a felony conviction. Donald Trump, by the time we get to the general election, will have been convicted by a jury in Washington, D.C. You saw a new reporting this morning that Vice President Pence has met with the special counsel and is going to be a witness. Mark Meadows has signed an immunity deal. Well, you know what that means. I did this for seven years. You don't give someone immunity if they haven't committed crimes. So Mark Meadows is going to say he committed crimes, and he's going to accuse Donald Trump of committing crimes under oath, not some left-winger. You did this as a former prosecutor, Yeah, to point out. Not that's as right. Somebody, yeah, <laughs> not, not as, not as someone who committed it. crimes, no. <laughs> as someone who prosecuted crimes for seven years in the fifth largest office in the country. Yeah, I mean, I look, obviously, I'm not a big Trump sympathizer, but the problem is the people who go against him on the left, you know, make him a victim. All these New York right. cases seem pretty BS to me. Yeah. But 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 some of these other cases are pretty legitimate, uh, like the federal cases. And that's where I think he is in tough water. And again, so there's so that more story may- to play out here. That makes it really hard for this man to win a general election. I can a tell general you, so election, but what about you aren't going to vote for the guy? Does it make him uh, even more popular with the base, though? With the base. But you think the suburban Milwaukee in the wild counties are, who didn't like him before January 6th are going to like him more now? So that's, the new swing voter in America is the suburban voter, and it's going to be in four states. I don't it's going to be in Nevada, Wisconsin. Wisconsin. You're, you're a suburban Wisconsin. You're growing a beard to go kill Bambi. Well, I, li- I live in rural Wisconsin. To go kill Bambi. Wisconsin. Yeah, that's right. But I represented I represent the Milwaukee suburbs. In addiction, <laughs> it's not a no, what are the four states? Not a November beard. 
It's a, it's a deer season. No, I, I'm a deer hunter, so this is a deer hunting beard. Um, Nevada, Wisconsin. Bad ending in that movie. Georgia and Pennsylvania. Okay. Yeah. So that's where it all comes down. I think that's, that's where it comes down. You could throw a Michigan in there maybe. What do you think about what Kevin McCarthy was saying? About Joe about, Biden. About Joe Biden and about President Trump, whether he could, about President Biden or President Trump, whether either Yeah, I mean, could. look, Kevin's unrestrained now because he's not Speaker of the House. You're and, not Speaker of the House. And, I mean, yeah, so you can, when you're Speaker, you have, to, you have to mind your members and their political fortunes, and so you have to be careful about what you say so you don't screw up your members. Yeah, that's real easy so, with this caucus, too. So, yeah. so <laughs> Kevin is a little less restrained. Look, I... I, I I've known Joe Biden for many years. I've personally liked the man, but I haven't spoken to him personally, you know, for a couple of years. So I can't say he's in serious cognitive decline. He appears to be. We live in a visual age. We live in. A I know that's age. what I was thinking when Kamala and so Harris. So just look at him and you know, it's on to tape. His speech, he, he seems yeah. like he's in decline. It's on so tape. I think, that, I think he's, he's. You don't need anecdotes about what he's like at meetings that you're attending. It, it, it's all that's on right. camera. That's, that's, my, that's my point. That's my point. What, people will then say, okay, Donald Trump is only a few years younger. Is he will age at different rates. Look, yeah. I, I don't want to sound like I'm defending Trump, but I think he's aging better than, 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 than Joe Biden is. Yeah, Charlie my Mon- point is Charlie Munger is, is 99. So yeah. Yeah. My, my point is, what I don't want to do is blow another presidency. And I think Trump would blow a presidency for us. Not only that, well, he'll give us ticket track. He'll cost us seats again, like he did in 20 and 22, and in 18. He'll cost us seats in the House. He'll cost us seats in the Senate. I think we win the Senate no matter what because the map is so good for us. But I think we'll do better than if we have a, a DeSantis or a Haley or a Christie as our nominee. So who's the more likely nominee of their party, Trump or Biden? Of their party? Yeah. Their respective parties. Yeah, I think Biden, unless he chooses to step down, which I Well, what are the chances coming. of So of I think, I think it's, a, it's the, the first part, the party that puts the first fresh face wins this election. I think it's more likely that it's my party, the Republican Party, instead of the Democratic Party. So Trump less likely to be the nominee than Biden's That's right. is going to be right. the That's nominee. What, think, yeah. what would... Well, I mean, what, what, what would it... Trump's being contested. Let's Biden's say... Really being contested. Let's just... Crazy. Let's say that the president goes home for Christmas and speaks to his family and... I mean, we're talking about today how the president is. We, he's got to be five years from now, he's still going to be day to day, be the president. That's something that it, maybe. Yeah, I don't think maybe a lot he, of confidence. Maybe he would think about that with his family. It would have to be uh, Vice President Harris, would it not? There's no way to. to uh, if, if he gets out early enough, then they'll have a contested But it'd primary. have to be Harris. Kim, Gavin Newsom. Not is, no, it'd be a contested primary. She lost the last contested primary. He deserves primary. the nod. It's a contested primary. Look, you're asking a Republican. Well, By the way, they have super I'm notes, just asking so. you to surmise, and, and the big thing is I, how I you're would, not House Speaker. I mean, you are allowed to talk. So. I would, sur- I would <laughs> well, you, you talk about Democrats all you want. It's your Republican House <laughs> but Speaker. But you would I surmise. I would surmise that she would have a contested primary, and somebody else would probably get the nomination. No way. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's Look, not fair. I think the news of the day. Is, <laughs> you sound so disappointed. It's not fair. No, <laughs> the, it's not the, fair. She's in line. She's vice president. She'd be the first. Because you're afraid if, somebody else would come. No, I'm not. <laughs> I think she deserves it. And I think Clyburn and others you, in the party. You, you know, the news of the day that I think you should report on is yeah. the fact that yesterday the Freedom Caucus endorsed funding appropriation bills at $1.59 trillion, the level at which McCarthy and Biden struck that debt deal. That means you're much, much more like, less likely to have a government shutdown. Right. So these are the guys who tubed the budget process, cost us six months and four speakerships effectively, by, by saying we want 1.49 or 4.7 trillion dollars. Now we're saying we're back to They're back like, to where we this were is before. Never mind, we're okay. So with it's it. never mind, we're okay with these levels. So it's frustrating because you blew through four speakers there. Kevin McCarthy 
you know, Steve Scalise, Jim Jordan, Tom Emmer, and six months of appropriation bills. And now we're back to where we should have been all along back in Memorial Day when McCarthy struck that good deal with Biden. But the point I'm trying to make is that makes it much more likely that we're going to have a, a smoother appropriations process, meaning not a government shutdown. OK, let, let and, me you ask know, you. Frankly, Mike Johnson deserves a lot of credit for getting for, us to this getting point. to that point. OK, but let me ask you, we have said for years, I, I remember when, you know, Evan Bayh left, when Judd Gregg left the Senate, all of these people left Washington who were people who could reach across the aisle and, and work with the other side, that, that it's less <clears> and less governorable. Yeah. Do you still think that's the situation or based on this, do you think that we've maybe turned a corner and maybe there's a way to do it? Well, I think in this session, this is a big corner turner. That's the point. I think it's. But they haven't reached out to the other side. This is like. I know, but we got At least Mike Johnson is going into negotiations where he had very little leverage with at, at the, speaking the same number, which is the same language. That that's a good thing. So now he can go and start negotiating substance within these bills. Look, by the way. You know, 1.47 versus 1.59 trillion dollars for discretionary spending this year is not going to determine whether we have a debt crisis or not. It's entitlements. It's mandatory spending. That is bringing us a debt crisis. I think we're floating what 626 billion dollars in bonds, bills, and notes to the Treasury just this week. So we have a debt crisis coming. We all know this, and I think that the game here is what are we doing about entitlements and mandatory spending? That's also I think Mike Johnson deserves credit for advancing this fiscal commission. It's clear that Congress is not, I mean, look, both Biden and Trump, these two frontrunners, are telling us they're not going to do anything about this. They're campaigning against right. reforming Right, so even if you have this Even if you have this, you've got Simpson two Bowles people running for president saying no, 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 no. Yeah, so but I think, Simpson and Bowles, nobody listened to that either. That's because it wasn't a statutory commission. I was on Simpson and Bowles. I won't belabor the whole point. But I think if you do a commission the right way, meaning a mandatory statutory commission where you have to you vote have on to, it, yeah. that's the only game in town. That's the only way out of this ditch. And I'm glad Mike Johnson's pushing for it. Yeah, that's the latest idea is to make it more. Yeah, so Simpson Bowles. And to give it privilege or something? We were literally to give in the, the thing room, pri I remember yeah, we had privilege. Work, yeah, it can't be filibustered and it has to be fast-tracked to the floor. You can't it was Obama it. last time that didn't act on it. Obama right? and Pelosi put a press release out saying they're against it before we even wrapped up the final meeting of Simpson Bowles. And I had a problem with the substance of it, so to be full disclosure. But the point is, it was not a statutory commission. It was dead before it even got off the ground. And if you have a statutory commission that says this will come to the floor, it will be voted on, therefore you have an actual pathway into law, you've got to have a president saying, you know, bring this to me. That, that's the only way to get this done. And so that's why I think, I think Mike Johnson is putting the emphasis where it ought to be, which is the source of the debt crisis, entitlement programs. But he got over a big hump by getting at least an agreement to go back to this number that everybody else agrees on. Right. Smooth sailing now for the... Smooth sailing. No, for, nothing for but, the... Nothing but good government from here on out. <laughs> when they say that, that it wasn't personal issues that, that people had with, with McCarthy... That kind of belies what we're seeing now. Is this still a honeymoon for Johnson? The same, the yeah. same issues that got Kevin ousted, these guys are sort of giving a nod to now. How, do, how does that... Yeah, I think they realize after blowing up four speakerships or would-be speakerships, um, <clears throat> that movie is a little stale. So let's move on and let's not quibble over $100 billion. Um, and let's, let's move on. So I think Mike got... I think this extends his honeymoon. Uh, and they can start focusing on, like, the election and, and substantive issues like entitlements. Kevin, yeah, it was personal with people like Matt Gates, 
Yeah. Um, and the guys, in, you know, they're not all the same in the Freedom Caucus. I don't think Matt Gates is in it. Uh, so, the, the, you know, Scott Perry, though, he wasn't for ousting Kevin McCarthy. He didn't vote to do that. So those guys really messed up the appropriations process by tubing the deal he did with Biden. Now they've undone that. But I think the, whole, the other thing about Kevin was really more of a Matt Gates power play. Do you think anything about Joe Manchin or, or RFK or any, does that factor into anything? Yeah, I mean, look, Ralph Nader in Florida in 2000, uh, Jill Stein. Um, these things, on the, margin can, what, these things on the margin in certain states can make a difference. I think of Dana Carvey when I think of Ross Perot, but what about Ross Ross Perot, yeah, got 19%. Absolutely. He, Bill Clinton became president because of Ross Perot. Manchin's not going to do it, is he? I don't think so. I don't think those no-labels people would give it to Manchin because if they did, they know that they'd be electing Trump. And I don't think... I think my own view on them is that they're probably in the who doesn't become president, not who becomes president. And I don't think they would give it to Manchin for that sake. All right. You like your new job? I do. It's a lot. Which new it's, job? You got like a yeah, yeah, yeah. I teach at Notre Dame. I'm at AEI. I love Solomir. Middle market investing in, in founder friendly businesses, you know, it's it, founder friendly investors in businesses is really fun. Notre Dame. That's had, an I work on big company problems. It's really interesting. Notre Dame had any. Uh, Pro Hamas demonstration? No, no. What do you think of that? That's crazy. Where, where'd that come from? You know, when I hear the river to the sea, I hear genocide. I hear. Well, they don't. You, I hear, you don't like, need to hear exterminate an entire they don't, country. They, don't, they say genocide and to I the don't Jews. Even know, you don't but need I don't to. I know these young college students even no, know they have no what, what river they're talking about. So, it's alarming. It's jarring to me. This anti-Semitism. I had no idea it was this palpable in America. I think the left is just got has a huge problem with this. Oh, I, it should not be a surprise because of everything we've been hearing yeah. all it's, along yeah, from, I, from I the just, squad. I mean, sure, the squad's Europe, been in, the, in England. I see it, but I didn't think it was as bad here. Well, the squad's been out. that has been proudly wearing it on their uh, lapel for, for for years, and then you know. They're tearing down the Columbus statue in Columbus. They're Circle. tearing they, down. They hate the United of, States. Of, they, of hostages. Yeah, it's the crazy. I, I, it mystifies me. It's really disappointing. It means make sure you teach your kids history. I don't think these kids understand the history. Well, we're, 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 we're getting rid of history everywhere that we can. But the most amazing thing, and I've said it again and again, is we real, if you misgender someone at a college campus, you can be fired or lose tenure. But if you say genocide to the Jews, it's, it's like, oh, yeah, you well, say, we're going to get rid of a country. The from, safe, from the spa the safe the spaces that, that, that we had on college campuses and the microaggression that we somehow actually gave credence to. And then this is just out in the open. How? Why? How is this different? Hypocrisy knows no bounds. <laughs> All right. I don't know about that beard. <laughs> my wife, you sound like my wife. <laughs> do, do, do. And, and, it's, it's deer season. I'll and get rid of you it don't listen season. to? Uh, she gives me a mulligan during deer season. Gives me a pass. And in case you're wondering at home, and yes, he is a Bambi killer, but he, he says that they don't see him coming <laughs> as, as easily if you have a big, thick beard. Or they think, oh, that's just Grizzly Adams. You know, he won't kill us? Explain. He's, he really does he believe really, that. He really does believe that. You yeah. think it's, that you can sneak, in Bo, in Bo, you can sneak around more. In bow stands, you're, you're hunting deer. And you can, it's like part of your camouflage. Either that or you wear a face mask, which is kind of uncomfortable. So I just prefer this. 
Well, you could virtue signal with a face mask at the same time. Have you thought of that? To the deer? Yeah. <laughs> it's that, that kind of a face mask. <laughs> oh, okay. Speaker, uh, we're still calling you, Mr. Speaker. I mean, at this point, <laughs> and if we had everyone who ran for it, yeah, right. we, every, single, every single guy who came on would be, be Speaker. Good to have you in studio. Thanks for taking the jacket off and, and playing along. You got um, it. You've been doing that with us for, for years. I mean, for years and years. Years. Like, I, I was trying know. to go back. It, it, yeah. It's been more than 20 years. Yeah, more than 20 years, because I used to go to co at Inglewood Cliffs with Right, you guys. I, I was explaining. And, and yeah. remember the big deal that happened while you were sitting? The big deal from your district? Yeah, you, yeah that's right. Bucyrus? I don't remember. Bucyrus. Bucyrus. Yeah. Bucyrus and Caterpillar. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. While he was on yeah, the I got to actually ask questions of the, of the Caterpillar CEO at the time. Yeah, right. it was a big deal for Milwaukee. You got to tell that was That was after you'd been with us for a long time yeah. already. I was trying to figure out the, how long it's been. Yeah, going. I started doing this when I became the head of the Budget Committee for Republicans, in the minority and then yeah. the majority. From a flat tire in the city to a dead battery on a distant drive, AAA is partnering with T-Mobile for Business to accelerate response times and get more drivers back on the road fast. Our nationwide connectivity powers location telematics, so AAA's fleet can find stranded drivers quickly while being fully equipped with the in-vehicle tools to have answers when they get there. This is elevating the member experience. This is AAA with T-Mobile for Business. Take your business further at T-Mobile.com slash now. When I became chair. Yeah. You taught us how to say Cyrus. Thank you. You bet. That does it for Squawk Pod today. Thank you for listening. Again, if you want to catch even more from the New York Times Dealbook Summit and the hours and hours of incredible interviews that Andrew Ross Sorkin hosted this week, check out the Dealbook section of nytimes.com. Crazy day. I could have talked to him for, for hours more. We actually ended up talking even as after it was over, we kept talking. So it, it was amazing. Andrew Ross Sorkin, Joe Kernan, and Becky Quick host CNBC's Squawk Box every weekday morning from 6 to 9 a.m. Eastern. And you can always find the best of that broadcast right here on Squawk Pod, available for download wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll meet you back here tomorrow. Now we are clear. Thanks, guys. From a flat tire in the city to a dead battery on a distant drive, AAA is partnering with T-Mobile for Business to accelerate response times and get more drivers back on the road fast. Our nationwide connectivity powers location telematics, so AAA's fleet can find stranded drivers quickly while being fully equipped with the in-vehicle tools to have answers when they get there. This is elevating the member experience. This is AAA with T-Mobile for Business. Take your business further at T-Mobile.com slash now. 